When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Coffee and Cream on Hale Varsity Radio with Andrew Rogers and Damon Benning. That's what this game is going to be all about, is about toughness. That's what Indiana does. That's what they hang their hat on. A very good rebounding team, very physical, really get up and underneath you defensively, and they have great length. So it, it's going to be a tough challenge. Team rebound, guards get in as well. Oh my, Jawan Gary exploding to the rim. Galloway, no! They'll get it back to Trace Jackson Davis. Feeds again. Galloway. Yes! History in Bloomington. Our good friend Kevin Kugler on the call for yesterday's Indiana-Nebraska men's basketball game. It's coffee and cream in the morning on Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Currency. Damon Benning, Andrew Rogers, Shane Schillerberg on the board. Not Hi. the best outing for Nebraska when it came to defending the preseason Big Ten Player of the Year, triple-double for for the main man on the floor, that's Trace Jackson Davis, became the first player to record a triple-double against the Cornhuskers and the third in Hoosier program history. Sam Griesel was a big miss out with illness right before the game. No Jalen Hood, Shafino either, so it was kind of like a, a nice... Although, one significantly more important to the other. Right. Griesel, much more <laughs> important than Hood Shafino. Even though I, we talked about Hood Shafino yesterday. I liked him. There's two things in there that you've got to help me with before we even get started. Let's go. Can he ever just be Trace or Jackson Davis? Why is he always Three names? Trace Jackson <laughs> Davis? Never, ever. I just want to know because I've watched them a ton, and they said his name 226 times two weeks ago when they were annihilating Carolina. And I kept thinking to myself, I wonder if they just – is there is there an acronym? Can we go TJD? Well, they, Can we they, just go Trace? They do three names because he gets triple doubles. Well – were you were you cool with him and them intentionally putting him back in the game to get the triple double? Because at that point, I'm so, okay with it. So I actually wasn't even thinking it from that regard. I thought more Nebraska started to make a comeback in this game, so they're like, "Oh, now we got to bring uh, him off the bench." I, I know Shane is like, "Oh my gosh, I laid the thirteen and a half. I heard Greasel wasn't playing. It's cut to fourteen. <laughs> Backdoor cover. <laughs> right. he got it. They called timeout with like two twenty-five, which play. they should have too, because the way Nebraska. <laughs> Started running on them um, put, and on put the fast TJD break. Put back Ooh. in, and it was like they pushed that thing to a million. And Shane was like, "Oh, Fudge! I can't even bring the guys breakfast." You're you're right when you say it was obvious that they were oh, trying on, to Shane. get him the triple double once he got back on the floor. Mm-hmm. But they pulled him off the floor for a reason. Yeah, they didn't want him injured. They weren't trying to reach for an accolade. They were saying, "No, we're comfortable where we're at right now. We feel like if we remove Trace Jackson Davis because we say his name." 
all the way through like they do on the broadcast. So, if we remove him, then uh, it, it, we still set ourselves up fine to win. You do a lot of uh, – we've done a lot of broadcasts. You do broadcasts. I've done a lot of broadcasts. Have you ever thought about first name, last name? Like Melvin Gordon versus Gordon or just uh, I, Petrangelo versus – I have if a big moment happened. So, like, if Trace Jackson Davis did some type of alley-oop dunk, I'd say, oh, my, Trace Jackson Davis with the jam, right? Or if it was Alex Petrangelo, you would say Petrangelo shoots and scores, and then you would go into Alex Petrangelo, his fourth goal of the season. Like, you would say that. Mm -hmm. But in the moment, that's a singular thing. Right, because you could say Jackson Davis, like oh say, my, like and then Nicholas when you Allen right, and then when you go through it more, yeah. you add in the first name just in general combo. But no, I would never use like Trace Jackson Davis with the ball in the paint, kick it back out left wide, and like like Chris Murray. Now you just have a mouthful. They kept saying Chris Murray the other night with Iowa and Duke, and I was like. Do you think we're confusing him with Keegan? I know you've waxed poetic for 15 minutes that he has a twin and one's right-handed and one's left-handed, which, by the way, I didn't understand. Mm-hmm. But uh. So and when you said go to an acronym, right, just, just by going with his initials, TJD, say you just have a normal college basketball fan watching this game. They may not, they may not know no, who TJD is, so I that's understand. why you don't go that route. And I always, I always kind of – I'm cognizant of that because I've done college, I've done high school, I've done – baseball I've done football done basketball and I always would like to be cognizant of number one professionalism (laughs) I hate to say that out loud because I try to not be a professional (laughs) but professionals that's what we do but you have to know your audience too right like I don't want to say you know just because I may know a team really really well I don't want to although in the NFL sometimes, like, people say OBJ all the time, even during, even during a game. Mm-hmm. Like, you'll hear OBJ. He's the exception to the rule. As opposed to Odell Beckham or something like that. He's the exception, though, because he's been able to create a name for his initials. Does that yeah. make sense? What, what we should do is just go soccer where you have, like, a Messi or a Pele or – uh, you know, a Neymar, or even Memphis, who by, who, by the way, has got a great story. I know he hammered the back of the net against the national team uh, when the Netherlands were playing the U.S., but he dropped his last name, which I believe is Defeer or Daver, because his dad left them when he was four-ish, mm-hmm. him and his mom, and his first name is Memphis, so he didn't want the last name, so he started just going by Memphis. Even though Memphis, soccer, that's common though. I know they get the one word, like, and some guys in, in hockey sometimes you can get away with the one word name too. Like, um, well, like so Ovechkin's Ovi, Ovi, you know Sid, Sid the kid, right? You know, like I, so, sometimes you do. Shane, your your guy, they say McJesus, Connor McDavid. <laughs> well, actually, I just say well, a couple of my. Right. Former life people say McJesus, too. But can we say, like, uh, we, we say McKinnon? Yeah. Nobody mm-hmm. can do that. We I saw you yesterday, even though this is the craziest first hour ever. So I was watching, um, I was listening to another podcast. No, it was on Twitter, maybe. Five most overrated athletes of all time, right? And people have these discussions. Mm-hmm. Finally got a hockey guy. In a top five list of most overrated athletes. Wayne Gretzky. Nope, nope. <laughs> I'm just kidding. There's a story behind that. 
I'm not even going to put Shane on front street. Wayne oh. Gretzky. Did, he didn't score a lot. Sh- Shane. Okay, so I am going on front street. Oh, I'm not going. I'm not going to do it. This off. It's an off-air conversation. <laughs> I can't but it's help. so true, though. Shane uttered the phrase. So, so you are putting me on front street. <laughs> Shane uttered the phrase. Put a little frosting on the cake. With as much open ice hockey as played right now, that almost everybody has a Wayne Gretzky. <laughs> okay, Washington Senators. Right there. Oh, man. But Wait, anyway. Do you, do you know who Wayne Gretzky God is damn it, I was? do know who Wayne Gretzky is. <laughs> Wayne Gretzky is the greatest hockey player of all time for the 80s. If oh, you ha- here he goes. Oh, he just is. in the 80s? Here, here he, he came goes. from the 80s. Here we the go. The 90s. If he played now, there's a guy just like him on every single team. He's basically talking about guys like McKinnon and McDavid. So, so there's but, three but Wayne Gretzky. But he's there's, dead dog sirs. But there's... But everybody, the the talent level is so much higher than it was back then. That was the players point. are better. The goalies stronger. are better. The goalies are better. Well, they're bigger. They're <laughs> right. bigger. They wear more pads. Right. Well, that's one. But I think um, they're even more athletic, and and yeah. they yeah. they stay yeah. in their crease. Yeah. I mean, if you watch old hockey highlights, it's these guys are sliding around like Jim Craig and Miracle. <laughs> Do you believe in miracles? <laughs> but anyway, the land the plane before he gets all pit, he actually cussed. I, I know. And I'm standing up. <laughs> Get him. Yes, Sh- I actually am. Get him, Shane. Fire it up. Fire uh, it up. A hockey player made a top five overrated list. And he's younger. He's in my era mm-hmm. of high school. Well, if you thought of me, was he a blue? No. Was, oh, okay. But he is. He did, he did play for a very – Hated franchise for me as a as a Pens fan. He was a Philadelphia Flyer, and he was also a Toronto Maple Leaf. Suffered from concussions. Shane, what was this hockey player's name? I don't know. Maple Leafs and Flyers. Maple Leafs. Super good looking, which is why I think people <laughs> hated on him. It's just weird to hear a hockey guy crack the top somebody's top five, and he was passionate. Eric Lindros. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that makes yeah, sense. Would have never gotten there. Uh, and I was just like, wow, that's a weird axe to grind. It's, it's pretty weird, yeah. Do, but, do, Shane, you'll love this because we've had this conversation about overrated old-school quarterbacks because he knows that I think Terry Bradshaw is a little overrated even though I'm a diehard Steelers fan. I hammer him all the time about the snake stabler because he turned the ball over so much and he's a diehard Raiders fan. Do you know who his number one overrated player of all time was? In football, I'm yeah. gonna guess the it was snake. a football player. The snake. Nope. Same, same general. So Terry Bradshaw. Nope. Think more snake. That way with schools. Sorry, I'm looking at Wayne Gretzky's all-time stats here. You're gonna be blown <laughs> away. He's like, I don't know what he was thinking. <laughs> Joe Namath. I mean, my man went on a tirade. <gasps> One freaking game, Joe. Na- <laughs> But he had a couple of standards. Like I think right. Jeter was five. Everybody thinks Jeter's overrated except me. I think Jeter was amazing. But he was and incredible. And I think I, a lot I, of people love, nowadays would say he's incredible because they watched his documentary. I love the analogy. No, if he was a Kansas City Royal, he would basically be. And I'm just like, stop. That's part of it. Being able to handle the pressure in the market. Like that's part of the allure. Stop 
falling for the low-hanging fruit. And remember, when it comes to Gretzky, oh, there was only one here he during that 10-year time period. You're crazy because Uncle Mario, was the he was legit. Yeah. Uncle Mario. Mm-hmm. Wayne Gretzky played less than 1,500 games and had over 2,800 points, 894 goals, <laughs> 1,963 yeah, he's assists. pretty solid. You ain't got to tell me, man. Shane just gets mad. He, he played play. 300 less games than Yager, who's right behind him in points, and Yager has 1921. And then you look at Messier right below, 694 goals, 1100 assists. Who played 1812 years? Uh huh. 1756 uh, games played. <laughs> I was alive back then. I watched those games. Anyway, back to Trace Jackson, Davis, and Race Thompson, and <laughs> Miller Cop, and gosh. So hey, can, you, can you, you brought imagine, up a great can, point, though. Go, go ahead. And then can I'll, you imagine if Johnson could shoot for Indiana? Because they have a lot of pieces. And I don't know. They're well put that, together. Some of that was just kind of a little porous Nebraska defense. But some of those offensive actions were pretty sweet. And plus, leave it to a replacement to get hot. Plus the high-low. Like, Trace Jackson Davis's ability to pass and see the floor and play with Race Thompson, I was like – well, he was very good under pressure, too, because Nebraska, we saw it against Creighton, does a great job pinching down low, double-teaming the big man, but Jackson Davis never really felt he didn't panic. out of control. Yeah. He always found a way to, because he stood taller than most on the floor, especially when you, know, you bring the ball above your head. You can pivot, look around, and then boom, weak side, guess who's open yeah. in the corner. It's his man Trey Galloway who just went nuts from the three-point line, Trey especially Galloway four, was out six, there handling, 20 points. He was out there handling the rock like Pistol Pete. I'm like, you would have thought Trey Galloway was Grayson Allen in the title game. What was, but with more handle. Mm-hmm. Like he was just putting it on the deck, like getting to any spot on the floor he wanted to. And then Miller Cop, like that's the most Miller Cop has dribbled. And believe me, I just watched them annihilate Carolina, and I didn't see any of that. Mm-mm. But you brought up a great point, though, when you said the significance of losing Greasel versus Hood Shafino. Yeah. And Greasel is the bigger miss because of this. He's not only the point guard of this Nebraska team and their facilitator, he's the one that keeps the offense under control. Mm-hmm. And you miss him in other aspects of the game, too, just because of his size in particular. You miss him on defense, you miss him rebounding. And he can score. So my favorite thing, because you can't really see it, but you know where he would have been great last night, I think? He can quell momentum because he doesn't get sped up. So when the crowd starts going ham and, and Indiana's made, you know, two or three threes in a row, like, he's not, it's not going to change his game. He's not going to come down and take a contested and if he would have started on the floor, I don't think Indiana would have gotten off to as hot of a start That's as quickly. But I get, the, I get the premise, though. Because if you look at how Nebraska responded at a half, and, and Hoiberg said it too, he said if we would have played the first five minutes of the first half like we did the second half, this game would have been a lot yeah. closer. And, I, I mean, that rings true completely. When you're talking about basketball being a game hey, Shane, of can runs. can you come fix this screen, please? Sorry, keep going. Basketball being a game of runs. They start off on, what, a 6-0 run? Yep. Now you cut the lead. I, I don't remember. It may have been eight uh, single digits, eight, eight, I think. Eight, eight, yeah. eight, six, whatever it was at. But then all of a sudden, Indiana started gaining life again. Went was, on a run a of their own. the half key for you? Say that again. Where Nebraska was going to get the last shot. Jackson Davis steps in the passing lane. They get a run out dunk to Race Thompson. Did you feel like, did you feel like the call screen 
big guy. The he's my favorite. This dude is still mad about Wayne Gretzky. I, I can't wait for people to see him come onto the screen. It's right okay. Now. He got a new Star Wars hat too. He doesn't like it. He doesn't like it. You don't want people to see your new Star Wars hat. <laughs> so, you know, the, the the thing about it is, is everybody always says, well, they didn't have such and such. Well, if such and such would have played. So I immediately thought last night, is Bandamel who he's supposed to be off the bounce with some of those threes? Is C.J. Wilcher handling the basketball off the bounce as much as Greasel plays? So... There's some give and take and some good and bad with that because we saw some other facets of Wiltshire's game where we're like... And he steps up when Nebraska needs it. Yeah. I mean, I it's mean, the I, second time at least this year yeah. we've seen that when they so, were missing Walker and now Greasel. So I'm just Wiltshire wondering, takes like, what's he capable of if it's by, like by design, right? If you make a conscious effort. So, I don't know. I, I think it's interesting because there were stretches. They really didn't get blown out until late. They kept it around between 11 and 7. They a, kept it right a, around what Vegas a, thought they would. Which was? It was 12 and a half, I yeah. think, is what, what it closed okay. at. So it's like they were right there. And when you watch like Michigan State, Penn State, which was before Nebraska, and this is the, th- that's the third time I've seen Michigan State, um, seen Penn State multiple times. Whatever the reason, they get the early draw. Um, with the exception of of maybe Purdue, who's capable. Boy, they hit a spurt yesterday after looking pretty mediocre. And a team that um, was it Joel? Somebody didn't mention yesterday. Do we really? Illinois is pretty good. Yeah, they're they're kind of sleepy. Illinois is pretty good, and they're right there in the thick of it. And they came back to beat a, I won't say overvalued because I like a lot of Texas's pieces. I just didn't think that they're, that's a, I don't think that's a top five basketball team. Texas? I could be wrong later on. I just, just doesn't seem like it. They're really good defensively. Texas is a powerful player. They are. They are, but it's beard, right? So, I mean, you're going to get some of that. So, when I look at the Big Ten, I'm not – it's going to be interesting to w- see what happens in the middle of the conference, right? Because I think you assume Purdue, maybe Michigan State, Michigan's going to have to get over the injury, Illinois. Um, you, you like a few teams at the top, but you don't – do you love any of them? At the top of the NCAA – Indiana, Houston. Illinois. No, I'm talking about in the Big Ten. Oh, I'm sorry. So I think it's in the no, mi- I, it, I think in the middle of the Big Ten conference. I know Purdue played Hofstra, but they they still were up twenty at halftime. Yeah. And Edie's he's he's the real deal. But you look at Purdue in the past, they've always had that one big guy that was the real deal, especially when Sometimes they went to too. the NCAA tournament mm-hmm. and they didn't they don't go very far. Yeah. People expect them to go further than they actually do. You need a bucket they need a bucket getter like off the bounce, like late in the shot clock guy. Um But I don't know. I you gotta be able to make some hay. There's a Rutgers. good spread in the Big Ten. And your 20-game schedule, man, that is it's pretty deep. It's wearing, too, when you're playing but I, teams. But I don't love the bottom I don't love the bottom end of the Big Ten, though. I mean, could Nebraska sneak into the ninth spot? They, they absolutely could. I mean, you'll play with Penn State, play with Northwestern. You're not going to win in Piscataway. You hope to split there. <laughs> I say that 
facetiously. Right. Minnesota is. Eh, they're not. not they're good. not great. Michigan's not. No, not Michigan will be there though. Mich- I I think Michigan will be there. You think there. they're going to come back? From they where have they're some at right young now? pieces, and I know the ACL injury to Llewellyn, but I uh, I kind of like Michigan's upside. I, that's just me. I I wouldn't put them in the top three, but I I I do like their upside. I think they're slightly ahead of middle of the pack, though. What do you think about Wisconsin? Wisconsin is a team I I would not enjoy playing. They're well coached. Um, they kind of understand who they are. They also have spurts though where they just yeah, don't score awful. very much. Yeah, but they 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 played a good a decent schedule. I watched them against Kansas. Who, by the way, last year I loved Kansas when nobody else did. This year I kind of don't really like them a ton and we'll see what happens if they can solidify the backcourt play like i like i like grady dick and i like wilson obviously see what happens in the backcourt for them i'm a i'm a big grady dick guy just because being on the you know i have to call grady that that's all the 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 aau circuits in the summer like you just you hear his name all the time oh man you know such and such are the eight seventeens playing and yada 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 it's like where's grady dick you know so it's like I mean, he's been a he's been a folklore for a while, but he's still got to put it get better off the bounce. I don't know. I mean, there's a lot. It's just a weird like Nebraska. Gonzaga's like around top twenty. It's a, it's Gonzaga. Nebraska's set up to play spoiler for a lot of teams this year. Hey, quietly, do you know who I like? I like Virginia. I do. And Took I'm, down I, Illinois and I, and earlier and this year. I'm kind of an ACC honk. Full disclosure, but. I'm a Soderbergh guy. Really? Former Lindenwood head coach. Okay. Yeah. All right, you got a little, you got a little depth to you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll fist bump that out. <laughs> All right. Well, it's just random. <laughs> well, and the only reason I know that, though, is I'm a grad of Lindenwood. Oh. So, you know, I followed Brad where he went to his next stop and, you know, got to watch Virginia go the distance. So meet, that was cool. Meet Virginia. And the neighboring school right down the road, Virginia Tech, is the best team in the ACC, as Nebraska women found out. So there's a Virginia and a Virginia Tech mm-hmm. reference, both men and women's reference. Which, at least I think, Virginia Tech. Good, good transition there to uh, Nebraska women's basketball. Playing shorthanded wasn't a problem for them. No, annihilated a very bad Wisconsin team. But but the way the score, I, I was surprised that the offensive output was what it was. Mm-hmm. Jazz Shelley, 31 points, sure came up one point shy of her career high, and she is a gamer. Can we just say something like to each other? Because I don't think we were live local yet. Maybe it was a morning dump segment. Maybe it was. But do you remember how we went in? I went in mm-hmm. depth about Jazz Shelley. Well, we both kind of talked about how hey, she's gonna ha- start scoring and scoring more. And is that in her? Is that in her her, her temperament to be, go? Because she a never really had to be that. Because she didn't have to be with Sam. And I mean, they just had so many injury, injuries. But she's full blown capable of going to get buckets. And I'm also finding over her perimeter shooting. Well, if she can shoot like that, it really helps out the Izzy board. Like, they just – they will have more balance. And, which reminds me, Shane, we got to get Coatney. 
And talk about a team that, when you are shorthanded, coming out right out of the gate, sets you up for the rest of the game. Yeah. And they came out 13 points in the first quarter. Well, that was her, at least. 13 points in the first quarter and ended the first quarter on a 15-0 run. <laughs> That's something. It's just like... When you're up 24-10, yeah. you're feeling good the rest uh, of the way. Get, get. I, I mean, 14 points is, yes, you can come back from that at any point early on, but it allows you to create momentum for your group. And, and full disclosure, as you find folks in Lincoln will figure out, I am extremely biased when it comes to Nebraska women's basketball. <laughs> Why is that? And Wayne Gretzky. <laughs> hey, way to come back full circle there, Shane. We appreciate you. Land in the plane. <laughs> Coming up next, back to the portal and the first commit of rules tenure. That's next on Coffee and Cream, powered by Currency. Coffee and Cream with Rodgers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio. Welcome back. Coffee and Cream in the morning on Hale Varsity Radio. Powered by Currency, Damon Benning, Andrew Rogers. Poll question of the day, DB. If you're adopting a boy dog, what Nebraska head coach are you naming it? Is it Fred? Is it Rule? Is it Bolt or is it another head coach? I was going current here. Now, somebody did comment and say Bo or Frank, which since I didn't clarify that in the statement, I guess we can go all time. So does it, if it's let's just stay current. That's at least what the results, or at least the answer choices were. So those were the three I stuck with. A boy dog, a current coach. Man, which, by the way, thank you. By the way, tomorrow we're going we're going to do a female dog. I you know what I think I would go with Cook. See, I almost put John's name on I there. I think I would go with Cook. But I sat back and thought, Cook. <laughs> How many people would say Cook? Me. You'd name your dog Cook? Yeah. And I call him Cookie. And then people would say, "What, what are your are dog's you names?" Na- I have Buddha, Buddha, and Biggie. And Biggie. Yes. Buddha was almost Tupac. Is that because he's still alive? Yes. <laughs> he is it's not, but but, but by calling Buddha Tupac, maybe you're in spirit of Tupac. Well, I, ha- I already have a Biggie. Biggie's the older, and mm-hmm. they're actually siblings. So I was going to go with Biggie and Tupac, but I didn't think... Biggie and Piggy, you should have done. I didn't think that I could get a dog to answer to Tupac. <laughs> but... But Buddha, do you know why? You can I don't get know. a dog to answer to anything. I know they're right? attached to you. Regardless, <laughs> I don't even know if dogs know their name. Pac. I, so, I mean, I wasn't popular in my own household for going with Buddha, but I let the I let the littles end up going with Buddha because he was a little. He was kind of a little chunky body, but now he's not. He's just like he's bigger than Biggie, even though he's only he's not even one, and Biggie's five. But he's the bigger of the two. 22-pounder no and 18-pounder. I think Will Bolt is going to be a fan favorite just because Bolt is the movie about I, a dog. I know, I know the man with the green eyes, the green-eyed man. I've seen that movie 254 trillion times. Once upon a time, Bolt was the kid movie in our house. That is a Caleb special. <laughs> and it was yeah. on all day, embar- every day, three times kid, a day. But yes. <laughs> and and it, goes through, it goes through stretches. In our house of, of what, he, you know, he liked cars and he liked Bolt. 
Um, everybody, you know, Zoe obviously is just, she's like Queen Frozen. Uh, there's been some stretches in our house of, oh, we're watching that again. You should ask Micah sometime how many times he's seen Black Panther. Great movie. Oh, my gosh. Fantastic and Wanda, movie. And Wakanda Forever. Wakanda Forever. Seen. Yeah. So, anyway, that's it. That's all. I'm so, on. you're going with Cook. In this case, I'm going to go Fred just because I think Fred's a funny name. So, Shane, what was the name of the movie with uh, De Niro and uh, Heat? Cuba, Cuba Gooding Jr.? It's not a few good men. No, it's not a few good men. And he was like, Cookie, at ease. A Navy diver is not a fighting man. He is a salvage expert. Men of honor. Yep. Hey, so they called him. So Cuba Gooding Jr. in that movie, he because he was a chef, because that's where they put the brothers back then. So they called him Cookie. And Cookie didn't really like that name. So I don't know if I would go that name. But that's what it made me think of, because... Got it. Okay. I think that is one of the most underappreciated movie scenes of all time because he had he had lost his leg. He was an amputee, and he wanted to be reinstated into full active duty. But in order to do that, he had to be able to walk 12 steps in this newly modified spun copper suit. And it, it's a great movie. Bryce Turner was the first recruit, first commit. It's kind of random. That Matt Rule grabbed. Well, I, I teased this, so I don't know how random it is. No, no, my story was Oh, <laughs> I thought you meant going to Bryce Turner. No, no, not at all. Uh, Bryce, Bryce Turner, Timmy Turner, uh, Tina Turner. Are, are we talking cartoons now? You know, Fairly odd parents. My, my, my favorite, the Turner that plays over there in Los Angeles, who, by the way, they need a shortstop in case you got one. Well, Fans are going to well, be all out on Korea. You don't, you don't want, want Korea? Dodger fans don't want Korea. He's an Astro. He's also a winner. <laughs> don't, don't let details get away. It's exciting, <laughs> right. okay? Just move Gavin Lux on over to shortstop yep. and play ball. All Turner's great last name, great athletes. Bryce Turner is not only a football star, but a track and field star, too. Great work by Nebraska's track and field coaches to entice him to get here and also by Matt Rule and his staff to get him to play both sports or at least commit to that at the moment. Bryce Turner runs the 100 meter in 10.25 seconds, which I don't know, DB, but that seems pretty seems fast, fast to me. And uh, he's a he's a two-time state champion sprinter. He's also a four-time All-American sprinter, and he fits Rule's idea for rebuilding Nebraska, getting speed and talent at skill positions with high upsides coaches can develop. Yeah, it's interesting. Just talking to him on the side, um, I think I can say this. We were um, just looking at different body types and stuff at Junior Day. And for every... Now, I won't say every, that's a little hyperbole, and I hate that. So for the nine or ten kids we quickly comped just in passing, God is my witness. I don't know what to do with this. I'm not saying they're going to win eight games. I'm just giving you the facts. He had a comp of a player that visually suited the body type and playing style of a previous player that he coached, of a player in that room. He said, you'd see that kid right there. That kid right there is such and such and such and such. He's long. He's, he's got those hands, and he can move. And, gosh, just, make, just imagine that guy playing at some sort of, like, nickel will spot. 
you know, if he can stop the run, I mean, that's the kind of athleticism we're looking at. You see that guy right there? I mean, the way that he could move, like when we watched him right to left, you're thinking, I don't know, is that could can he pull? Would he, would he be able to put his hand in the dirt? It's like when we look at him, we see, and he kept doing fascinating. That. It was unreal. It was so bad. It was so bad, Drew. Down full disclosure, I'm going to admit this. After however long it was, because I it was just the two of us. I said, or maybe he did. Hey, I got to go to work now. Or I think I said, hey. I better let you go. I feel like I've dominated your time. It was fascinating. And he, I'm telling you. That's crazy. It was, I, I just, so, so, and I know people were talking about like, you know, what to gush over, what not to gush over, the coaching bump. I told the story of, you know, kind of Satterfield saying that, you know, Coach Rule is the type, they've done this so often, and he would have come to take a pay cut, and, and this guy can do this Why Coach Rule is over here doing this because they know that this is getting done, and this is what he expects when he comes back, you know, to the meeting at night after however long their day is. And he's talking about strength and conditioning and, 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 and body types and how to ramp up the program of trimming down and good weight and bad weight. I'm dead serious. This is an offensive coordinator, but it's the fact that he's worked so long with this guy. So when you look at a guy like Turner, I guarantee you, I don't know who, but I guarantee you they have a comp for Turner in terms of what they want him to be and who they want him to be, which is immediately why they gravitated towards some of these guys in the class like a Jalen Lloyd or somebody like that because they're going to look at they're going to look at some body types, and they're going to think, we can do this. Because one thing I think they're supremely confident in, uh, again, I don't know if this is fact or fiction. I just know it's fact that they believe it. I think there's this irrational confidence that they can develop. Trey Palmer was 40% of Nebraska's receiving offense yeah. last season. He was also a track star in high school. Mm -hmm. Maybe at this point they're like, we saw what Trey Palmer was able to do with last year's team because they're thinking to the future, I'm calling him last year's team. They saw what he was able to do and say, how can we recreate Trey Palmer? But maybe add two or three Trey Palmers yeah, to this gonna team. You're going to have to do it so quick, though, because there isn't a ton of – there aren't a lot of receptions in that receiving room. Certainly not a lot of game experience. Uh, the tight end room is the same. Uh, one of my guys, uh, Eric – uh, I get, you always ask me for good follows. Mm -hmm. There's a good, there's a good follow on Twitter. Uh, we may have to make him a friend of the program. Uh, Stumanji on Twitter. Yes, I follow him. Tremendous statistician. Like you can, I've asked him. Is he the follow. pilot? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who tries to get me to believe that getting in a helicopter's Doc Sadler shade no big deal, and he knows I'm deathly <laughs> well, afraid. What? Got some amazing stats on returning production and lack thereof. So there are some rooms that are going to have to get good in a hurry that can't afford a ton of development. And I'm, I'm pretty sure the wide receiver room is one of them. They're going to need some fellas that have some experience, so we'll see how it all fits together. We'll continue this conversation with our good friend Brandon Vogel next on Hale Varsity Radio.
Coffee and Cream with Rogers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio. And we are back on Hale Varsity Radio. Coffee and Cream in the morning, powered by Currency and on the phone, Brandon Vogel. But before we get to him, we have this. Hey, Red Zone, that's the place to go. Brought to you by Red Zone Tickets. Selling since 2001. Need tickets or have tickets that you just can't get rid of? Red Zone Tickets has got you covered. You can sell tickets. You can buy tickets. Any type of tickets. That includes things like Morgan Wallen. My main man, Terrence Crawford. I will be there on Saturday. NCAA Volleyball. Uh, it's a little late, but, you know, there's this big match that happens at 10. Uh, the Final Four, it is available. Creighton, Husker Basketball, Mannheim Steamroller. Maybe you're a music guru in the NFL, too. Whatever it is, Red Zone Tickets has got you covered. Great location right here in Omaha. A reliable and local source. You folks will get to know me. That is my thing. Reliable and local. I love local. And they have an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. Uh, this year, give the gift of memories of a lifetime that can include an event. That means you need Red Zone Ticket Express. Visit RedZoneTickets.com today. That's RedZoneTickets.com. Back to Brandon. Brandon, you are on the phone. Thanks for joining us this morning. Hey, thanks for having me. Be- hey, Brandon, what's going on? Be Vogues. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you guys? Good, thanks. Good. Managing editor for HailVarsity.com, one of our favorites with the promo code AR for monthly, DB for yearly. And look, no bias aside, B-Vogues, but you got to pick DB for yearly. We like long-term commitments. It's so good to be talking to you as part of your home team in Hail Varsity. I agree. Congrats, guys, on, uh, on the launch of the new show and uh, all of the various podcasts. It's been exciting to follow and I agree. It's uh, it's nice to play on the same time, same team. <laughs> <laughs> Tag. We appreciate you. Hey, we just got done talking about Bryce Turner and him being the first commit of Rule's tenure and how he really fits the bill of Rule when he talked about rebuilding Nebraska, Nebraska Excuse me, getting speed uh, and talent at skill positions that come with high upside. Just speak to Bryce Turner's ability and how that uh, could be a great fit and, and a good start for the rest of the recruiting process for Rule. Yeah, I mean, if you were paying a, a commit for Matt Rule, he's straight from central casting. <laughs> um, a, a no-star prospect as, as, as a football player, but an All-American on, on the track. And it's, it's super intriguing. You know, I think there's a realistic expectation that he's, he's a little bit raw, but you, you, can't, you can't coach speed. And it's, it's going to be an emphasis for Nebraska going forward to accumulate those, those high-level track athletes, which is kind of an emerging trend, I think, in football generally. And, and Matt Rule was, was there early. And I'm, I'm excited to watch that un, unfold in Lincoln. Hey, so, Brandon, it's interesting because uh, and now all of a sudden he's got star rankings, which is why – I roll my eyes at the evaluation. No disrespect to my recruiting gurus. I know it isn't in exact science. My man went from no stars to three stars in like 10 <laughs> hours, and I'm like, wait a minute, he didn't even test or compete. But anyway, b I just get the sense, and I don't know if it's rational, if it's irrational, not only does Coach Rule think he can develop young coaches, which we'll get to in a second, there's this supreme confidence with this staff 
that they can develop players. You think that'll be fact or fiction, and is it relative to the conference? Um, it might be a little bit relative to the conference. I mean, I think there's always uh, – it's always worth pausing when a coach is, is in a new setting. Um, you know, this is old stuff we don't need to, to pull back up, but I, I don't think – it was probably under underappreciated how hard that was when Bo Pelini had to make that, that transition. But, I, I mean, Rule's track record in terms of development – speaks for itself. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at the win totals there. Look at the draft picks that came out of Temple and then Baylor from his stint. I mean, it's it's pretty cut and dried that that's what he does. Trev Alberts said he was looking for someone who would be a talent developer, and I think he, he found one, maybe one of the better ones in this, this coaching cycle. It's obvious that Matt Rule is putting a strong emphasis on local recruiting. He made his way to high schools just a week ago. Then he put on a junior day that nobody really expected. He had the time to put on. And now he is extending official visits this weekend for guys like Jalen Lloyd, Tristan Alvano, Malachi Coleman, at least locally, and then Cameron Lenhart also coming too. Just speak to his ability to instantly make a name for himself in the local scene. Yeah, he's done a good job with that. And, you know, hearing from some of the coaches that our staff writer, Brady Oltman, has been talking to, um, you know, he's, he's making a good impression with, with local high school coaches. And I think, you know, it's always smart to, to start locally, but it's also kind of strategic in this sense. They don't have their full staff. They don't have everybody who can go out on the road. So, you know, that's a limitation. But – Use it to your advantage. Stay local. Build that there. You got to look at these transition recruiting classes as kind of a spin of the wheel, for for lack of a better term. Like you're going to lose guys, you're going to get some new guys. You don't have a ton of time to to plan for it. So I think it makes a ton of sense. We can get more places the closer we stay to home. So let's just do that. I think it's a smart strategy. So let me ask you something, Brandon, because. You're the perfect guy for this because you're always so measured, like Mr. Even-Keeled, right? And you know with coaching transitions, unfortunately we've been through a few of them now, there's going to be some initial bumps, some initial lows, and then it's going to steady. How do you buoy watching what's potentially happening with who's entering the portal, you know, Hausman, uh, there there could be a couple of other bigger names. Jamari Butler broke my heart because you know I'm a huge uh, JB fan versus the growing of the program. How much of pruning and kind of cutting plants and rose bushes back do you have to do or go through as a fan to see some things bloom? Isn't this just part of the deal, do you think? It, it's part of the deal broadly in college football to agree we are never seen before. Mm. But it's always been part of the deal, I think, with a, a coaching transition. I really approach it as assume nobody is here in, in terms of players on the roster, you know, assistant coaches who you might want to see retained or might not want to see retained. And, like, whatever you end up with is just kind of a, a, a plus at the end of the day. And, and it, it's tough because, like you, I like Butler a lot. Like, I think everybody, based on his freshman season – like Hausman a lot, but 
it's just kind of the the, the cost of the change, which is unfortunate. But I don't know what, what you can do. I mean, the difference now is you have an opportunity to immediately reshape a roster via the portal as well, which I don't know if it's a long-term strategy, but, you know, a preview of what I'm working on for the December issue of Hail Varsity out next week. Mm. 2022 was maybe the best year for year one coaches in the past decade. Um, and you can look at a lot of examples of that. I think that's probably the portal. Great point. Let me follow up real quick. So do you think that becomes the new norm or do you have enough data yet to call it an anomaly? I think it's still too early to draw any broad conclusions. You know, where we're at in the portal, so it's been there since 2018, but immediate eligibility is just since 2021. Mm. You're seeing sky-high numbers in the portal, of course. And and I think eventually that's going to taper a little bit, but it's still so new that people want to exercise this kind of new, new feature that's available to them. But if, if, you know, the transfer portal number is going to stay relatively high, like, I start to wonder, do you have to start structuring your team around this? You know, things like knowing you can find wide receivers, quarterbacks, cornerbacks in, in the portal consistently, you're going to have a harder time with guys in the trenches. Like, does that change how you approach all this? And I think it's still just a little bit too early to, to make, any, make any actionable items on that. We're speaking with Brandon Vogel, managing editor for HailVarsity.com. Brandon, got about two minutes here. We'll get you out on this note. Talk a little Nebraska volleyball on their way to the Sweet 16 in Louisville. That match starts at 10 a.m. today. They get Oregon. But this regional is 1, 2, 3, 4, and kind of new environment for Nebraska being a 2 in the tournament and also dealing with uh, various injuries. Just what are your expectations for this group moving forward? Yeah, it's, it's going to be a test of, and I mean, this is what Coach Cook tries to build all season long, season after season, a test of kind of how strong of a team they've built. You know, losing Kenzie Knuckles was, was a big, big loss, of course. And, you know, not, not just in terms of her ability, but emotionally. And you saw that in the last week of the regular season. Um, the, the way the bracket shook out, it's, as tough as it could be, as you mentioned, with the top four seeds all making it. You know, I, I think Nebraska is going to have to gut one out here kind of against Oregon. If they can do that, then you can maybe have the, a little bit of an emotional edge going on the road. Well, you'll already be on the road, but remaining on the road and getting to face former Husker great Danny Buskin Kelly in her house. Um, I, I hope we get that matchup because, boy, would that be fun to watch. Hey, my, my hockey aficionado, he's kind of my buddy. He said his pick to click today is a healthy Whitney, right? Been a little under the weather. She can serve it. He's like, I think Nebraska comes out smoking today behind Lowenstein. Steen, Stein. I, I, I like that a lot. I mean, she's been really good for stretches, and – When she is, it tends to be when Nebraska is at its best. So if that unfolds, uh, feel a lot better about getting that matchup against the Cards. Uh, Fantastic stuff, B. Welcome to the – well, I guess thank you for welcoming (laughs) us back to your home team, man. Appreciate you. (laughs) Good to talk to you guys. Take care. 
Troy Dumas is next. Coffee and cream on Hale Varsity Radio with Andrew Rogers and Damon Benning. We are back, Coffee and Cream in the morning on Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Currency. Top of the hour, 8 a.m. DB was frozen on the screen there, but he's back. I was frozen? You were. Just like Elsa Anna? Nice. Yeah. Good, to, good, good tie I, back I, in, too. I went home and asked the expert, hey, what are the princesses' names? What are those names? princesses' names that you're always singing? Elsa Anna? <laughs> First she said Moana. She has a little musical microphone. Moana is a great movie. Oh, great movie. Gosh, I hate agreeing with you. We're not going to do this thing like the rest of however We're long the we're same again. age. Well, yeah. <laughs> my, for sure. My Maybe emo- not on the outside, but on the inside. For sure my emotional deal. You know, I don't know. It's Shane is uh, making an effort to my man Troy Dumas who is um, all-encompassing. One of my favorite things about T-Doom is he's one of my – it's not few, but he's one of the former guys that is super measured and super level-headed. Like, he doesn't – he's very slow to go with hot takes. He likes to let things play out, and he's pretty measured. So he and I have had some fantastic conversations, basically about life in general. Like, he's seriously... You spent a lot of time with him. Yeah. So, unfortunately, I told you the, the, the DV story in which I ultimately won. The other time that I've been arrested, he and I got into a huge fight. Really? Yeah. And your boy got <laughs> And he was the first one to come see me in the morning. Did he bail you out? Yeah. See that scar right here? You know how I got these scars? He did that. Troy did that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a scar. I thought it was a wrinkle. No, that is eight of them. <laughs> I forgot he was left-handed. <laughs> hey, Troy's on the phone. Troy, welcome to the show. <laughs> hey, what's up, guys? <laughs> My dude, what's up, buddy? How you been? Man? What's going on, man? Good to hear from you. Well, it's how are you? First of all, can I just ask how are you feeling health-wise? Are you good? We can 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 I celebrate the fact that you're laughing and smiling? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel like an old man. I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm 60, but I'm 50. But I'm walking and I'm breathing, so I'm good today. Hey, Life's good. Life is good. Let me ask you before we get into the nitty gritty. How? So you're coaching. You you love your kids. I know you love being a hubby and a dad. Knowing what you put your body through in football and how you feel now. You don't have any qualms coaching, coaching your littles, do you? No, no, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I, 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 I tell them, I was like, you, you see, you see me now. I mean, is this something that you guys want to go through when you get older? And they was like, yep. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm, I'm not so sure about that. But <laughs> what you should have done is you should have put it in slow mo in the in the orange bowl when you about got your larynx crushed and you're right. ble- you're bleeding out of your mouth and trying to fight to get back in the game and they're like okay see daddy's throat right now it's not good i'm i'm bleeding but i'm nuts so i want to go back out here and play <laughs> well i mean they they've seen the shoulder replacements and the knee replacements 
placements and all that. So they got a pretty good idea what they're getting into. That's awesome. Well, as people can tell, we are tra- talking to Troy Dumas, who is former Husker, Kansas City Chief, and St. Louis Ram. What was your time like playing in St. Louis? He's a St. Louis guy, too, full disclosure, Troy. Uh, <laughs> my time there was short. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know, I ended up uh, dislocating my shoulder and all that. I was on IR, then, uh, you know, it didn't work out. So. <laughs> let, dude, let me ask you something, because I was explaining to, to Andrew, you're kind of one of those guys, and I have kind of like that super small circle, right? You, TV. Some of you guys that have kind of the similar temperaments, you're very slow to overreact, you're a little more measured. You kind of been through it, not a ton of hot takes. How are you watching this next wave of what's happened with Nebraska football post a guy that you played with and and Mickey Joseph and the stretch run that he had? How are you kind of navigating your feelings? Uh, Cautiously. You know, uh, as, as the you first put it, time around, you know, at the last, uh, the last group that came through there, I was super excited. I thought, you know, we finally got it. We got our hometown kid in there, and and he done robbed the place. So, <laughs> um, yeah, this next coaching staff, I'm, I'm excited to see what they're gonna do, um, especially with the assistant coaches who uh, rules gonna bring in with with those guys, but. Uh, but yeah, it's cautious, man. Um, I don't want to get overly excited till we see what we're going to, what they're going to do offensively and defensively. When you're looking at assistance, we've had all these hot takes, right? Well, big enough name and recruiting prowess, and where have they been? And you know how our fan base is with knowing coaches' wives and kids and where they went to high school as assistants, right? What mm-hmm. what kind of coaches? Do what key ingredients? If you're in the lab and you're building an assistant coach, and he's just going to be name X, what are they good at with young people? Well, um, bringing the best out of them. Um, you know, knowing how to take in the the right angle to coach this kid. I mean, it's not you can't coach every kid the same. Oh, I agree. You know, um, so it, it's it's a matter of of being able to to read that kid and, and figure out what makes him tick. You know, and that that's been, I think that's been proven time in and time out. You know, if, if you can get coaches in there that can do that, you're going in the right direction. You know what it takes to play at the professional level and at the college level and the differentiation that comes between those levels. And When you look at a guy like Matt Rule, somebody that uh, had a lot of success coaching at the college level and then did not have success coaching at the NFL, and now he's back in college, gets the job at Nebraska, but you right away had a divide in the fan base. A lot of people were like, yes, I love it. Great college coach. Others were like, he was horrible in the NFL. What makes him, you know, a good coach again? What are your thoughts there of, of knowing, uh, you know, just the differences of college to the NFL and also when it comes to coaching that you know, with Matt Rule's strengths that he will be a good fit at Nebraska? Ah, great question. Well, I think, uh, well, yeah. 
you kind of got to read that to me again. <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 basically, the, the keys and the difference between what it takes to be a good NFL coach and not using that as kind of a measuring stick versus what it takes to be a good college coach and how different those things are. Okay. Well, you know, I think they brought Rule in at Carolina because he's a, a organizer, rebuilder type. But you know, you, you, you're dealing with grown men at that level. The <laughs> schemes are a lot more complicated. Um, you know, and and he didn't, he wasn't able to to, to bring that that building organizational skills that he had to fruition there. Um, you know, a lot of it's probably because of scheme. I mean, uh, NFL teams spend, what, 10, 12, 15 hours a day <laughs> breaking down film. So it's not like, you know, the college level. And there's some things he was doing at that college, at, well, what when he was at Carolina, you know, that were college-based stuff that were, you know, that was easy to read for defenses to read, that kind of thing. But, you know, I kind of was kind of cautious because he, he he was a failure in the league to an extent but you know there is there is a difference there um so maybe he can be successful at Nebraska we'll wait and see and let me tell you let me ask you something cuz i i watched you go through it uh, uh just being kind of this raw super gifted athlete coming out of east changing your body type a couple of times for position changes, right? Going from the third level to the second level. And mm-hmm. how how important in your opinion is like let's say strength and conditioning and vision in that versus all the other stuff we're talking about, like running veer or power or inside zone or or G scheme or, or whatever. Like how do you where where do you rank those in terms of you, you better start where first? Well, I mean, you know, it always starts in the weight room. <laughs> um, you know, I think any 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 coach would agree with that. It but you have there. to be able to get you guys to buy in, though. Right? Like, you changed your body type how many times? Twice? Three? Yeah, twice. Twice. But, you know, that's, that, that's just me, though, wanting to – yeah, get on the field. <laughs> you know, I'm, not, <laughs> I, I'm not sure how everybody else felt, but that I wanted to get on the field, whether it was safety or linebacker or whatever. So I, I was gonna, I was willing to do whatever I needed to do to do that. Now I'm not sure everybody else feels like that. Can can you put together, you think, a strength and conditioning staff that is that? Because you you said something I thought that was super key earlier. You said you can't coach everybody the same. And you also can't train everybody the same. Right. How how important do you think experience and development is at Nebraska? Oh, very. I mean, we used to lead the country in that back in the early 80s, late 90s. I mean, that's uh, something we, we hung our hat on. So, that's something we need to get back to doing. I'm not sure how uh, how they're going to do that. I mean, you know, with the new facilities and all that, that that might help. But they definitely need to get uh, somebody in there, strength coach wise, that uh, that can coach. You know, coach to lift weights. <laughs> mm. 
We're speaking with Troy Dumas, former Husker, Kansas City Chief, and uh, I'm going to say this again, former St. Louis Ram. Stop it. And you can toss him a follow at Troy Dumas 4 on Twitter. Troy, help me out here. I'm going to transition here. Uh, a, a little bit more of a fun question, if, if you will. Fill me in on some of DB's isms because oh, I, I've, I've spent like a short amount of time with DB, and I, I've picked up on a few things, but, you know, you being a roommate of him and – of his in college, and you know, you you probably spend every waking you, you, moment you, with this he's, guy. He's been in both my weddings. Uh, what's something <laughs> I should watch out for from this guy to it's my not, left that funny, could really Troy. throw me off on his personality? It's not funny, T Doom. No, I mean, he's a good he's a good dude to live with for the most part. You know, he he would scuffle up every time, from time to time. You know, um, I don't fight anymore. No, no, he grew up. He grew up quite a bit. I mean, back then, it, uh, it was challenging sometimes to be his friend. Oh. <laughs> but uh, no, uh, but for the most part, man, he he was quiet. He was a good dude to live with. He kept his, his area clean. Uh, he spent a lot of time on the phone. But, uh, talking to his mom that. or talking to, to a lady? Uh, you know, I was, uh, yeah, listen, no, man. He was a good roommate for sure. I, I, I appreciate that. Let me, <laughs> let, let me ask you one more thing before we let you get out of here. When you're, <clears throat> you have, uh, one of the things that I always admired about you was you have this uncanny ability to kind of be your own guy. You, you always had your own convictions, what you believed in, how you wanted to live, and it didn't matter what all the other guys were doing or how popular it was or wasn't. Like, you could just steady Eddie this thing. When you watch uh, former players and people say, oh, you know, they have too much influence or I'm sick of hearing from those guys or they do X, Y, and Z, you see it on social media, and I know sometimes you just chuckle, sometimes you, mm-hmm. sometimes you clap back. Do do you look at us a certain way sometimes and shake your head, or do you are you like hey to each his own? Like, yeah, what's what's the ba- mean, what's the balance for you? Um, yeah, as long as you ain't hurting somebody else, to each his own. <laughs> you know, and that that's just just how I how I live. You know, uh, um, yeah, I was talking to my kids about this on Thanksgiving about. Uh, you know, being a good person and, uh, mm. you know, how I, I don't, I don't necessarily go to church a lot, but I, I do believe in God and I do pray quite a bit. And, and I was telling them, Hey, if, if you stick on the right path, treat people right, think good things will happen for you. So, um, we don't necessarily have to get into what other people do. You're running your own race. So you do what you see fit. Mm. Troy, we appreciate you this morning. Thanks for joining the show, and uh, hopefully we can talk again soon. Absolutely, guys. Thanks for having me. Doom, appreciate you, buddy. Be good. That was Troy Dumas. Love you, too. Later. At Troy Dumas 4 on Twitter. He's very – the cool thing about it, he's so measured. Right? And, you know, we talk about, like, strength and conditioning in the weight room. And I remember with Coach Rule, very first thing we thought of, Who's in the strength and conditioning room? Who's the dietitian? Because I'm telling you, you can get into whether Donnie's coaching O-line or Knighton can recruit or can Cooper recruit? Is he too old, young or, or mm-hmm. what Satterfield's history at, 
at directional Tennessee, whatever, in South Carolina. But at the end of the day, two things better be on lock. Your strength and conditioning program and how you play up front. Outside of that, the rest is window dressing. I promise you. Football, ask Bama why they haven't been as successful relative to their own as they have been the past couple years. They're even as highly skilled as they are. They'll tell you. It feels good. (laughs) They'll tell you O line, D line, strength and conditioning. He has his priorities in check. I mean, that's how it's got to be. Like when we got win from. Bama and the strength and conditioning staff looked at the body type, but you knew why he wasn't playing at Alabama. And I'm not picking on when, I'm just saying, whatever, those guys spend so much time with you. And they have to know your body type. They have to be able to gauge, hey, what do we do? And then the other thing, and it's why I didn't always, I don't, I didn't enjoy a lot of the talk, well, you know, Duvall can't do this and Duvall can't do that. And it's not just because I like him as a person. I wasn't there enough to know that he should be criticized or not be criticized. What you don't know is how people feel about themselves emotionally. Because if you don't feel good about you and you're not confident and you're losing a ton of games, the strength and conditioning thing and the weight training, it's not going to be as – it's not going to be as prevalent because your psyche is bad. I'd argue that strength and conditioning is the most important coaching position in all sports, across sports. Outside of offensive line and football, I'm lock step with so you. So the reason I say all sports here, and I'm going to stick to this notion too, there were a lot of points that Troy brought up and a lot of points that you brought up just in that interview. And it's that desire to be better. That's for one. You have to mentally be there and say, I want to be better. And if you get stronger, if you get bigger, what does that lead to? You lead to being faster. You are physically stronger than your opponent, especially up front. Great importance. O-line, D-line. I'm with you there. No joke. I'm I'm all all for you there. But you look at even basketball. You look at baseball. You want to hit the ball farther. You want to you want to get up and down the floor uh, uh, and have right. your conditioning you're in check. The, it's it's across the board. Strength and conditioning is the most important coaching position. I'll take it. I'll bring it even local for our folks here in Lincoln and and soon to be other places. Two guys that I knew really really well: Petway, Darren Petway, and Siobhan Shields. What were two things that they would do differently trying to make pro league rosters, whether it be overseas? You know, to a man, you know what each of them said? Strength and conditioning. Needed to be stronger, be able to lift weights, plyometrics, our core structure, getting pushed off the ball, being able to guard bigger, stronger guards, right? Where, and in basketball, what changed the game for Jordan? Strength training. Mm-hmm. What changed the game for Kobe? Strength training. You can training. be quick. You can What makes LeBron skill? LeBron? Strength training. Why can't Anthony Davis get over the hump? Strength, Strength training. training. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> I mean, I'm with you. Yeah. I mean, it, it takes a lot, too, because I was somebody that never put priority in the weight room, mm-hmm. which is why I never went on to play college baseball at a high as level. A, as a high schooler, everybody always asked me what period of life I would go back to. And people assume I would say college. Mm-mm. It oh, would be high school. Six, 
No question. Why? Because I, I was a now. terrible weightlifter. Yeah. I did. I just didn't care. Oh I, yeah, I, I didn't I'm, put I'm a lot of you. care into the weight room. I'm and, with you. You know, I remember in basketball games bouncing off of defenders that were bigger than me like a dang bouncy ball mm-hmm. because I didn't have the low center of gravity I needed in order to keep my balance. I was at a high school basketball – well, I'm always at a high school basketball game, but I like to watch different schools play, and that's how we can have any be preps with Jacob Padilla on Hell Varsity Radio. Shameless plug. Uh, not so shameless. <laughs> and I was sitting next to a guy that had a ton of success in high school. He's significantly older than me. He's in his 70s now. And uh, he has a grandson playing. And we were just watching games, and he was critiquing. And for as talented as he was, and he was a gifted, gifted basketball player, the one thing that he said when he was watching the game, he said, well, these guys need to get stronger. They just get pushed off the ball. They, they need to be stronger with the basketball. And I'm just thinking, you know what? It's spot on because you can tell. Typically, it turns into a grown person's league. Whatever it is, whether it's hockey, whether it's uh, baseball, it, it's it's a grown person's league, and it doesn't matter what the level is. And my little guy, who you're gonna love, Micah, you know, he said we were at we were talking about a couple of different players because he's a big YouTube high school basketball guy, and he goes, you know, it's funny. The guys that you see have success. He said you don't see a lot of Lucas, and guys like that dominating high school they're always the quickest Mm -hmm. biggest guys like you don't and i told him i said you know what you're right it's about development skills and how you huge piece and how you continue to evolve with your mind and physically it's not always the guy that has the most gifted early talents it's the people that can play late later and i'm just that's definitely something that I hope stays with him because, I mean, he's looking at a couple of MVPs in Jokic and potential MVPs in Luka, and then he sees other guys that are a lot more explosive. Yeah, and quicker. That don't yield the same results. Yeah, Luka, he looks like an out-of-shape basketball player every time he steps oh, on I know. the floor. Uh, I get it. But people forget that Luka is also 6'7". He's young. He's got that ability to maybe be a little bit overweight. If he is, I don't know. I don't know what his strength training is like, but every time he moves, he doesn't move very quick, as you were just saying there. He's not explosive to the basket, but what Luca can do is, is play to his strengths, and his strengths are shooting the basketball and also beating defenders off the dribble, whether that's just one dribble, pull up here, step back here, or even getting to the rack. He may not be the fastest player getting to the basket, but because of his sheer size and because of his just, whether it's body weight or strength, whatever, like I said, I don't know how cut he is, Mm. uh, whatever it is, he can still find his way there because he put in the work in other areas of the game that he felt were necessary for his development early on. And it's weird. I know you you like hockey. I like hockey. You take a look at some of these guys in terms of, being twitchy or change of direction or endurance. Basketball, I think it's understated. I think it's these sports, even soccer, which is highly skilled. The strength and conditioning component of it is so underappreciated. It's not even funny. You look at some of these opposing guys on skates and you're like, whoa, remember when it used to be a goon league? 
Yeah. Yeah. Now those big guys are highly, highly skilled. That's why Liquid thinks that there's a Gretzky <laughs> on every Gretzky. team. <laughs> I like it that you brought that back. Oh, stop it. <laughs> hey, let's keep the fun going. We're going to play a game next, a new game. We don't need you calling in here, but you'll have some fun back uh, listening on your dial. That's next. Coffee and cream with Rogers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio. Coffee and cream in the morning on Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Currency. Damon Benning, Andrew Rogers, DB, it's an, it's time to play a new game. Oh, boy. I, I know you're a big gamer. You like the new things. You like the... Uh, Shiny toys. I, I think you like, if you could grab a scalpel and, you know, open up my head, you'd be like, that's the brain that I'd rather have. As long... <laughs> It's awful gory. I feel like <laughs> Hannibal Lecter. You want some fava beans and a nice Chianti? I do wish we could chat longer. <laughs> Follow the Clarys. Fly, fly, fly. No, this game... You know, you know who Shane's favorite character is? In that movie? Yeah. Migs. <laughs> I thought it was your mom. Oh! <laughs> Oh, oh dig the knife in and turn it. Paul of the Clarice, fly, fly, fly. <laughs> how about how he just, just instinctively oh, just man. dropped Shane that just, little subtle blast? Shane's just tired to get picked on today. Pick, Shane, we're picking on him. What do you have against Miggs? <clears throat> what do you have against DB's mom? <laughs> yeah, she just gave him a nice yeah. message the other day. Shane, appreciate you. Although she thinks uh, the only reason I'm good is because of Shane. <laughs> that's true. That's true. It is, well, and that's how it works. Well, you guys need to be together. Mm-hmm. Oh, we do? Yeah. <laughs> is that, time. Without Shane, I, there is no shine? Wow. Oh, yep. thank, thanks, Mom. Appreciate yep. he it. Keeps you in, he keeps you in check. <laughs> oh, shoot. All right. What do we got here? Uh, we got a new game. This game's called Loud and Proud. And what this game is. Uh, entails is this i'm gonna put headphones on db these are noise isolation headphones i think i don't know if they're noise canceling they could be noise canceling too i hope they are um or at least to the extreme that i'm going to have to blast music in your ears okay and i'm going to say a sports team city and uh city and mascot and you have to tell me what i'm saying and we're gonna see how many out of 15 you get right well how am i gonna know am i gonna have to read your lips you gotta read my lips really yep so I hope I hope you're you're decent at lip reading. All right, sounds miserable. So, but so okay. you're going to take off your headset, okay? And then you're going to just hold your headset because you're going to have to talk into that mic so okay. people can hear you. So g- give me give me something there. Check one, check two. Can you hear me? Okay. Yep. Shane, Shane we got a good mic check. Is that okay? We're good. We're good. Okay. Okay. Let's put the headphones on DB. I chose over ear instead of in ear because in ear are gross. Um, and I, you know what? I want to get your music taste here first. If you could name a rock song that you think, like, a man, this is loud. Song? Or anything. Like, I mean, it's got to be something to where so much is going on that you can't really understand what we're doing. Mm. And, and by all means, we may fall flat on our face here by trying out this game. Uh, let's do... Um, does it have to be rock? No, well, I had Metallica I pulled up. Ton. Oh, you just want it to be loud? Yeah, just loud. Oh, fudge. Do like... Okay, that's fine. That's <laughs> <terrible>. <laughs> what, what would you like? I'm no, just... it's fine. For the sake of the game, I'll... 
deal with it. All right, we're going to do Master of Puppets. That's a pretty loud song, right? Great. <laughs> Isn't that a loud song? Yeah, awesome. How, it, all right, how's the volume level there? Is it loud? Oh, my gosh. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can you read my lips? So he can't hear me. Okay, this is good. This is good. All right, we're going to start. <laughs> ready, Shaner? All right, first team. First team. Are you ready? You ready? Yeah, you have to give me like a verbal. <laughs> Am I talking loud? No, you're good. Okay. You're good. You're good. All right, first team. Las Vegas Raiders. Did you do it? Yep. Okay, say it one more time. <laughs> Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, <laughs> the Golden Knights. No, no, not the Golden Knights. No. It was the Vegas Raiders. Oh, I thought you said Vegas. Oh, there you go. Okay, good, good. Oh, 0 for 1. Okay. Oh, four, one. Master of Puppets. I hope Dude, you like this it. Remastered. Music is going to drive me crazy. <laughs> oh. Okay, go. Two. Selfish. <laughs> nice. Uh, number two. Cleveland Guardians. Shane, let's get some music going. Can we get some music going here? Uh, Cleveland the Guardians. Cardinals? No. <laughs> One more time. Cleveland Guardians. <laughs> the Cleveland Browns. Oh, so close. Cleveland Guardians. Oh, fuck. <laughs> this game is miserable, by the way. And I think it's all this guy is saying in my ear is, Faster! Faster! <laughs> it's on repeat, too. Repeat. This is miserable. <laughs> all right. Number three. Can we only do like five of these? Because this is driving me <laughs> Here, crazy. You do five and then I'll do five. Okay. Okay. Ottawa Senators. One more time. Ottawa Senators. <laughs> Ottawa the, Senators. The Nashville Predators. <laughs> it does sound like that. Ottawa Senators. <laughs> this game is miserable. <laughs> Over three. Over Great. Three. <laughs> Philadelphia Eagles. It's Philadelphia something. <laughs> Liars or one more time. Philadelphia Eagles. 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 <laughs> yes. Eagles. Yes. There's one. <laughs> This is miserable. <laughs> is this fun for anybody this other is, than this you? This is great. This is great. All right, all right. Uh, last one. Brooklyn Nets. Brooklyn Nets. Yes, yes. <laughs> nice work. Way to go through that. All right, you can take the headphones off. Headphones are off. That's Master nice. of Puffets. You got two there, DB. <laughs> It's awful. You have to turn that up just a smidge. <laughs> All right. Sometimes can... when they're not playing music, I could kind of hear you say, like, when you said 0 oh, for 3. I heard you say 3. Oh, okay. All right. Well, you got your headset back on now so people can hear you. Okay. You ready? <laughs> yep. Okay. Hold on. I'm, I'm taking it off. So do you want me to listen to the same song? Was it that obnoxious that I should Dude, listen to? Dude, all he kept saying was, faster, <laughs> faster. And I was like, what is going on? Yeah, it's got to be a little louder. Okay. You ready? Yeah. <laughs> That's annoying. 
Shane, can I? All right, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. I'm good. Yeah. You ready? Ready? You ready? Yeah. I I, I think you said, are you ready? Hey. Houston Oilers. <laughs> I got nothing. <laughs> I'm thinking you're saying cutie quails. <laughs> Pull them off. I gave you an old school team, the Houston Oilers. Oh, the Houston Oilers. <laughs> I could have sworn you said cutie All right. Quails. So you're trying to beat two, right? So I've, I'm giving you five. You're trying to beat two. You're talking to me like I can hear you. Okay. All right. You ready? Let's go. Um, you ready? Yeah. Jets. Winnipeg Jets. I could tell by the way you you emphasized Winnipeg. There. Wow. See, that hooked on phonics has got me enunciating, and I'm, <laughs> it's going to get me beat, too. All right. Ready, ready? Hawks. Atlanta Hawks. Atlanta Atlanta. Hawks. Do it one more time. Atlanta. Atlanta. See, you close your mouth, and I can't tell if you're saying Braves or Hawks. Figure Atlanta. it out. <laughs> yeah, well, thanks. <laughs> Atlanta Hawks. That is two. Is two that e right? That is right. That's right. Aye. <laughs> That's terrible is what that is. Uh, let's go. I'm going to get beat, ladies and gentlemen. Hopefully you're enjoying this game as much as. I got to your faster part. Hey, uh, turn it up a little. Ready, ready. And we are going to go. We're getting. We're gonna go with. Shano, you ready for this? Wait, wait, wait they pause. Right. Shano, you ready? Okay, go ahead. You ready? <laughs> Why it was so funny? Houston Astros. Houston Astros. Houston. Texans? Incorrect. The Astros. Oh, Astros! I gotta get out of Houston, but my mom's You're from right. Houston. Faster, faster. Dude, it's 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 the most. I don't know how people right, do I it. I think we have time for one more. All right, one yeah. one more quick, right? Here we go. Heat. Miami. Heat. I, I have no clue what. The Miami. One more time. Miami Heat. Bama in. <laughs> That's what I'm getting. Miami Heat. I got, what was it? The Miami Heat. Miami Heat. Wow, that game is miserable. Let's not do that Faster. one. Faster. <laughs> the music, though. It is. It's, uh, it's a little so, nuts. So far, I like the pick two and the other one. Hey, you know what? We tried. We may have fallen flat on our face, but we tried it. Uh, Patrick Everson, <laughs> senior reporter for Vegas. See if we can win our next. listeners some money. <laughs>
I felt like I had my ears hurt a little bit. Oh, like you were on an airplane and yeah. you needed them to pop? Take me on an airplane. That's yeah. one of the best songs ever, by the way. It's actually not, Shane, but hey, guess what? <laughs> if, if you need tickets, uh, Red Zone Tickets has got you covered. Is Metallica coming soon? <laughs> so, yes, we'll go see Metallica too, I guarantee you. They'll figure out a way to get you there. Selling fun since 2001. You need tickets or have tickets but can't go? Red Zone Tickets buys and sells tickets for all types of events. That's Morgan Wallen, Terrence Crawford, my guy, uh, NCAA Volleyball Final Four, which is in Omaha, Creighton and Husker Basketball, Mannheim Steamroller, which sounds a lot like what my man Drew Down would do, UNO Hockey, and opponents. more. NFL, too, we've got you covered. Whether you're a Chiefs fan, a Vikings fan, or like my man Fickle People Brian, you love Dallas, the Red Zone Ticket Express has a wide variety of NFL tickets at a ton of price points. That's the thing. They're very flexible. Red Zone Tickets is located in Omaha, Nebraska. It's super reliable, and it's local. Those are two of my favorite things, reliable and local, with an A-plus better business rating. This year, give the gift of memories that lasts lasts <laughs> lasts a lifetime that's redzonetickets.com give them a, give them a shout out today that's redzonetickets.com i know what you were doing there though lives and lasts lives together in, yes so I, i'm with you together better together yep better together it's my church's it's my church's kind of their tie that binds better together <laughs> yeah yeah kind of like coffee and cream better together yeah although some, pe- although some people like their coffee black and you're the caffeine guy, so that would be in mm-hmm. your alley. Yep. I'm a little softer, a little more subtle. I'm the cream. Mm-hmm. I know that's what everybody was thinking. Yep. So, oh, But yeah. sometimes those two things go together. 100%. If I screwed up your coffee, would you be mad? No, because I, I'm very basic when it comes to coffee. What do you drink? Just black? Black with creamer. No sugar, no nut. Well, I guess there's probably a lot of sugar in the creamer. But Yeah. Uh, okay. But aside from that... How about we stop talking about coffee and talk to our main guy, Patrick Everson? Yeah, he's now. like, oh, oh God, what you guys wrote me into, you couple <laughs> of yahoos? Patrick, good morning. How are you? Good morning. Hey, Patrick, it's great to hear your voice again. Senior reporter for Vegas Insider. This guy's been all over the place, especially in Vegas. But, man, is he providing top-notch knowledge every single day, every single week over in Vegas. That's what we like. That's what we like. Patrick, let's start. Like in the World Cup, right? It's hot. It's heavy. A lot of folks are interested. It has kind of captured the world by storm. You're getting into some rounds with some big favorites. A lot of times, juice isn't always the way to play. People sometimes don't understand the goal line versus over and unders, the two, two and a half, three, three and a half. You got a cheat sheet for our listeners out there that want to take advantage of the World Cup without a ton of juice? You know, look, what I enjoy about it, and, and this is the, maybe it's a, maybe it's semi, a semi-squarish play, but I just I, I can't say enough about betting, even in the uh, knockout round, the 90 minutes plus injury time draw. Because mm. I think when you get to this stage, you get team. I mean, there hasn't been, you know, like it's not like there's been a ton of draws over the last seven days, but uh, there have been a couple that have gone to these extra times, and then you know, and of course, uh, uh, Morocco beating Spain on penalty kicks and so forth. I just think don't be afraid to look at that ninety minutes plus injury time draw because then you take, uh, you know, you you. I guess depending on how you look at it, you take overtime and all that out of it, or if, perhaps if you look at it the other way, you'd rather have a team. But just make sure if, if there's a side you want, 
If this is a side you think is going to advance, bet to advance. Don't bet the three-way mm. injury, you know, 90 minutes plus injury time. There's an option you can bet. It's a two-way option, and it's to advance, and that's basically exactly what it says. Who's going to go to the next round by whatever means, whether it's 90 minutes plus injury time or whether it's overtime or whether it's on penalty kicks. And what a lot of people, you know, do is they'll bet, you know, Morocco or Spain or whoever, let's say Morocco-Spain game, for example, just because it was such, a, you know, such an upset. You know, they'll bet the three-way, not really, you know, not really being familiar with how soccer works, and they'll bet, you know, Morocco on a flyer, let's say, and Morocco wins, and they're like, okay, where's my money? Well, you bet the three-way, mm. and the three-way is 90 minutes plus injury time, so your bet is a loser. So mm. uh, I think that's, uh, you know, that's one primer. I like betting draws, but also it's the other thing about soccer is you've got to know whether, you know, if, you, if you're wanting to bet on a team or a result, uh, just know the difference between the three-way and the two-way betting. Patrick, something that I really like to pay attention to in regards to the NFL are betting trends. And I'm a big statistics guy. I know you are too. But I look at a game at noon on Sunday, and it, it kind of I'm, – I'm flabbergasted by who's favorited in this game. And it's the Vikings-Lions game. The Lions are right. two-point favorites over the Vikings, the team leading the NFC North. What are you seeing in that game? Well, look, this is this is something that's been going on all season, and that is that the odds makers are not sold on the Vikings. They're just they're just not sold on the Vikings. And I talked to a couple last night who said, uh, you know, they're definitely seeing some some sharper play on Detroit, and uh, there's also been some sharp play put in on the total uh, in that game as well. But there was uh, one odds maker I spoke with, Andy Morrissey, trader with WinBet. And I think this is fascinating. Not only that, you know, the Lions are favored, but here's what he said last night. The Lions-Vikings matchup is our most bet game currently. Mm. They open they open Vikes, Vikings minus one and a half. Currently, Lions minus two and a half. And as it stands right now, and we're a long way from Sunday, and a lot can happen between now and Sunday, and the overwhelming majority of money on these games comes in game day and in the last hour or two before the game. But he said, we will need the Vikings in that one as it stands right now. And there's also a sharp better I talk to pretty regular. Well, I talk to him every week just to pick his brain on what he's, uh, on, on what he's betting. And this week, you know, normally he gives me two or three games um, that he likes, that he's interested in. And this week he's like, the only thing I really like right now as of midweek mm. is Detroit. And he got in on Detroit at Pickham. And what he said, his team is loaded on offense with weapons all over. He said Minnesota defense is shaky and should be exposed. So, and like I said, the odds makers have not been keen. There's been two teams that have been kind of like this all season who, who are playing above, you know, whose record is above what odds makers think the team really is. And that is the Vikings and the Giants. They're not buying either one of those teams. And they still aren't, even at this point with the Vikings holding the second best record in football. Patrick, all cappers are a little bit different in terms of fundamental beliefs. I looked at a couple of lines last week, and Andrew and I went through them, that didn't, to the naked eye, appear to look right. But as the game played out, they absolutely were right. And I know you don't get buffets and, and stay free nights in Vegas with them not knowing what they're doing for capping. But do you believe in bad lines, right, where a 7-5 and five Toledo team is a slight favorite 
over Ohio, let's say, even though Toledo was picked to be there, still 7-5. and five. Quarterback play was shaky, catching a good number, less than a key number. Similar TCU, K-State, especially considering how the first game played out. Do you believe in bad lines? Uh not almost almost certainly not in the NFL because the NFL is tight 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 <laughs> and not and 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 not very often in college either because if they really were bad lines and they and uh, then then the sharp guys would bang those lines into shape you know like a like if they were really like if they were way off mm-hmm. now i will say this um especially with college football circus sports here in Vegas, and they operate in a couple of other states as well. Uh, so hopefully they'll be, uh, well, in fact, they operate in Iowa, not far from you. So um, they will put themselves on a limb and come out with their college numbers first on Sunday morning, Sunday morning Vegas time. So early afternoon, you know, lunch hour, maybe a little bit later uh, in Lincoln. And they want to be banged into shape. They will, they will put numbers out there, and they're not bad lines. They're just like, look, this is what we think. You tell us what you think, mm-hmm. and you know if you know we'll take we'll take your bet. You may think we're way off, and if we are, we'll we'll move with those bets. We won't move off of anything else. You will you you make a bet, and perhaps we'll move. So I don't think they're they're what they're doing is they they trust their opinion a lot, and they also don't mind if people look at that and think, oh, that's terrible. I'm going to hammer that. Mm-hmm. Fine, hammer it all you want early in the week when their limits are low as. Later in the week, most books on NFL and in college, as the week progresses, as you get closer to game day, they adjust their limits. So they may be getting banged on a number, but it's at a lower limit. And it gets and allows them to find the number where the number ought to be if they are off by much at all, which they often aren't. But there's a few where people take advantage of it and think they've got a good number, and they probably do. Um, but it gets banged into shape at lower limits. And then late in the week, you know, at their higher limits, the number is solid, solid, solid. So I don't know that I, I definitely don't believe in the NFL. I think there are opportunities in college, especially when you start getting outside of the power five where maybe something's off, but, uh, but I don't know if I would be, be off as much as to call it bad. Patrick, we have just 50 seconds here and I just want to get one team, one name quickly, no description needed. Who is your college football playoff champion? Mm. <laughs> okay. Um, goodness, that's such a good question. <laughs> Georgia. Georgia. Georgia, all right. Georgia's I don't think Georgia's losing. I'll probably, I may play somebody else, but I don't think Georgia's losing. Patrick, we appreciate you, man. Thanks so much for joining the show. We'll talk again soon. You bet. Take care. Patrick Everson, senior reporter for Vegas Insider, at Patrick E underscore Vegas on Twitter. Georgia, I like Georgia too. I do too, but I don't like the number against <laughs> Ohio State. So I was hoping to get a sport that he does stays away from, and I was waiting for him to say the NBA. <laughs> right. Hey, thanks so much for joining us today. Be sure to check out Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal later on this afternoon. We'll see you tomorrow.